Hopefully you'll be out of here by then. Hopefully? I can't guarantee Hopefully it. Hopefully means with hope, Captain, not I hope. Did you mean that I will be out of here with hope? No, you meant that you hope that I will be out of here. Right, I hope so. <laughs> I'm sorry if I was a bit sharp, but a tiny mistake like that, well, it makes me a little crazy. Irregardless. Want to have a seat over there? Welcome to Radio Irregardless, your non-standard blend of irrespective and regardless. Now please welcome to the Internet Airwaves. Really? Internet Airwaves? It's, it's okay, you can just do it. It's just, just say Internet Airwaves, it sounds really cool. Alright, sorry, I'm just... Internet Airwaves. Okay then, please welcome to the Internet Airwaves, your host, Mark Scalia. And welcome to Radio Irregardless with me, your host, Mark Scalia. And if you are joining us for the very first time, because I actually just got off Facebook, and a few friends are actually listening via my website, markscalia.com, uh, if you want to participate in the action, just click the little speaker box, and that will send you uh, through the miracle of the intranets. And uh, it will send you to another website called Mixler, M-I-X-L-R.com, where if you sign on using your Facebook ID, you can participate in the live chat. And we have several people online right now. And I just want to make note of something very important. Before I get into the monologue, before I get into anything else, I just want to say one very specific thing. Yes, it's playoffs. I was hoping they would have killed this bitch so that I would have a bigger audience. <laughs> At least that's what I'm blaming it on. <laughs> but if you're not a Bruins fan, and if you're not uh, familiar with the Boston area, uh, the Bruins are in this uh, little contest where they win this giant silver cup. Um and uh, they're playing against their arch-rivals, the Mont- Montreal Canadiens. Something, that's what the broadcasting sounds something like. Um, but this is our theme song, Whenever There's a Bruins Goal. Uh, that's what they actually play, which is actually from... What the hell was that? What the hell was that? Oh my God, I didn't cut the sound completely. That back end echo, I should really do some more show prep. 
<laughs> so otherwise I wouldn't be encountering strange noises. It sounded like a ghost, didn't it? It was like a ghost living in the computer. We have a ghost in the machine. But the Bruins are playing. Uh, they're uh, just about to start the third period. Uh, it is two to one Montreal boo. Um, and the Bruins are usually very good in the second and third period, especially during a seven-game stretch. Uh, they really work really hard. And I hope the Bruins win, t- win tonight because, it's, it's, first of all, it's super important um, that the Bruins win, uh, not only uh, just in general, but certainly uh, it's good for it's good business. It's good, you know, ratings. I know I'm working on the weekends, so some of the games are on the weekends, but usually the games are in early, you know, so which is nice. They're early games. Um, which is nice. So that brings me to my second, oh, not my second, my first, because uh, I already said something else. Now, welcome to the Happening Now monologue. Everything that happens now is happening now. And it's happening now. This morning uh, was uh, not really a great day. I had a nice day yesterday, um, did some things, uh, prepped a little show prep, a little work, had a gig, uh, doing some stuff, and my wife, Karen, who runs the Salem Food Tours, had a nice corporate gig yesterday, so we were all working things up. And then, of course, I get up this morning, and the proverbial shit hit the fan. Um, Money, as, of course, is connected to all of us, and I'm sure nobody's having a banner year thus far, as far as I know. Um, But... Things are things are okay. Like my work is starting to pick up more, and hence the reason I spend a lot more time doing uh, the radio show. Uh, I, it keeps me creative and it keeps me happy when you know trying to have some fun somewhere. Um, but it's today is just kind of a bad, not a, not a good day, but like almost a bad day. Things just kind of yeah, you know. It's, yeah, I can't even really describe it, and. I'm actually feeling a little better. My hernia is actually almost 100% healed. Um, and then, of course, I get an email saying that uh, my brother uh, went for a colonoscopy today, and I had no idea, um, which, I mean, certainly, he'd, I don't know if he broadcast that on the internet. Maybe not. I mean, I didn't. Col- <laughs> I spelled colonoscopy wrong. It's coloscopy. Oh, that's the wrong way to spell it. Colon, co colon, and there's an N in there sometimes, yeah. So he went for that. So of course, and um, he's um, you know my little brother, so he's a little younger than me, but he's you know he, first time I think he had a colonoscopy, might be a second, I'm not sure. Um, so it's just you know some things to make me think about stuff, and then of course, um, the money, the money woes continue because um. I got a check engine light on my car. Now, for those of you who may know me or may not know me or listening for the very first time, I own an old car. I own a 2001 Chevy Monte Carlo, which I adore. Love the car. Love the car. And that's actually the problem because I love the car. I fell in love with the car. <laughs> Completely fell in love with the car. And as a result, when the car starts to go a little wonky, I have a second car, so I'm not really worried about road trips and stuff like that. But the car needed some work, and when I took it in, had some. I think I went over this last week. But then a check engine light came on, and I was like, "Okay, I bring it back." I was like, "Oh no, no, me reset. It's not a problem." I bring it in again because the light went on again after he shut it off, and then he tells me, "Oh, it's an oxygen sensor." And of course, he shows me a diagram that's laid out in the, um, you know, in the in the mechanic's office or in the shop that 
in between, because I had all the catalytic converter and I had all the exhaust seam done, the, the oxygen sensor, one is just outside the uh, exhaust manifold, and then the other one is just on the other side of the catalytic converter. So essentially, they Oreo the new five $600 part I bought, and they are failing. That's not the bad thing. The bad thing, they're like 300 bucks a piece. I'm like, I didn't want to spend $1,300 on a car that I was going to sell for 1000 You know what I mean? But that's uh, it's just thing and then of course gas prices and food prices and everything else so so here's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna make everybody forget about things for a little bit that's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna try to do that the bruins are on the bruins look good every once in a while i may i may i may play a little what did i lose it again are you kidding me i just lost it i don't know what happened um i just lost this you know i'm never gonna have a good show a technically proficient show just ever just ever you know what i'll do i'll probably do it i'll i'll find it at some point i had it on the i had i had it on the youtube <laughs> listen to me the youtube like i don't know why it's the youtube it's everything there we go oh, that's too loud there we go see we gotta lower it down so that's what i'm hoping for so i'm hoping for come on baby no price covered up Price is a douche. So <laughs> so I'm going to try to make everybody have a little fun. Uh, yes, two to one. I know, Karen. You don't have to do that. I'm, I got the TV on next to me. I'm up in my office, air quotes, um, which is my uh, secondary bedroom. Uh, I keep hearing vibration noises. Oh, so people are texting me. When you get older and you add the unneeded the. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's the, it's actually a New England thing. Nobody else does it at no other place. I've traveled. I've looked for it. Nobody else says, "Oh, did you did you get the cancer? Did you get the did you get the Are you on the internet? You, I did the YouTube. I'm on the Facebook." Anyway, but let's have some fun. What do you say? You might have noticed the name of the uh, the show tonight. It's time to hit the main streets. <laughs> <laughs> Maine with an E because uh, I've got a very, very fun guest coming in a little bit later. But before we get to any of that, now that the monologue, the pesky monologue is out of the way and my ranting is out of the way, I am doing this week in movie history, ladies and gentlemen. Um, this week in movie history, in 1899, the Phantom blows up a Zeppelin. And uh, of course, if you know the movie, uh, certainly chat it right in. Uh, because that's the whole point. Because this is uh, the the the, the movies, the movies history, the history of movies, mook and whatever. In 1937, King George the Sixth is officially crowned. Uh, that is historical and movie driven. Uh, in this week, 1941, Steve Rogers attends a Dodgers game against the Phillies. <laughs> Yes, type it in if you know it. And my listeners are always, always very good at uh, guessing the movies. Uh, let's see, what is next? Uh, 1959 this week, uh, John is introduced to Janie when she buys him a beer. This is the first time a woman has done this for him. And Brendan, you should get this. It's a classic movie. I got to do it like this. John is introduced to Janie when she buys him a beer. This is the first time. A woman has done this for him. So I don't think you can get that one. 1972, uh, a young gentleman named Forrest Gump appears on the Dick Cavett Show with John Lennon. I gave you that one. Whatever. This week in 1979, Robert Frenchy McMahon, McMahon and Joe 
aka Joe Buddha, Mari, uh, or um, Manry, are killed this uh, week. See if you get that one. Um, 1981, a charity match between Rocky and Thunderlips takes place. <laughs> yes, my brother got Captain America. That's one out of six or seven that I've mentioned so far. That's fine. Um, this week in 1984, very important, two alternate histories. Uh, yes, Rocky Three, correct? Uh, Kyle Reese holds an officer at gunpoint to find out what year is this. And it goes something like this. What year is this? <laughs> and something like that. And then again, yes, thank you. Uh, Terminator is correct. And then in, again in 1984 this week, Winston Smith writes, freedom is the freedom to say two plus one equals four. If that is granted, all else follows. Very obscure reference, but I kind of gave it to you by telling the year under which it happened. And in uh, this week, in 2011, at least 1,500 people attended Thomas Koob's 17th birthday party. <laughs> Hello, Sandy. Sandy just came on. So if you were playing at home, the 1899 date was The Phantom Blows Up the Zeppelin. That was League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Or Extraordinary. Extraordinary. Yeah, extraordinary. 1937, uh, King George is officially crowned is King's Speech. Uh, my brother got uh, Captain America. Steve Rogers listening to a Dodgers game. 1959, John is introduced to Janie when she buys him a beer. The first time a woman has done this for him. Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? Anyone? Oh, off the post. Sorry, I was distracted. <laughs> the Bruins just hit one off the post. Uh, that was actually from The Watchmen. Uh, yes, 1984 was the other one coming up to. 1979, Robert uh, Frenchie McMahon and Joe Joe Buddha Monry are killed, uh, actually from Goodfellas. 1981, a charity match between Rock and Thunderlips. Yes, I think, uh, who got that one? I know somebody got that one. Uh, Brendan got that one. Uh, Kyle Reese was the Terminator. Winston Smith was 1984. And 2011, at least 1,500 people attend Com Thomas Koob's, or Cubs' 17th birthday party. Uh, that would be Project X, that one. So that is this week in movie history. And since we're, uh, we're running a little fast because I... I'm so distracted with the game. And as I know we are, I'm trying not to be. I'm trying to have a good show because my guest is going to be really good. And I'm going to save all my energy because as soon as the, the Bruins score, I'll be like, yeah. All you got to do is tie it up. Be like, like, what was that from Miami? Uh, what was it? CSI Miami. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but before we go to that, I am going to play a game with you guys. A game that I've played a few times before, and I really enjoy the game. I, I really enjoy putting it together, I actually should say, uh, because I put the games... It, it takes a little long. It's not just something I know. It's something I do. <laughs> so let me duplicate that, and let me bring this up here so I can just pull it right away. The game is called... Now, the game has actually undergone several different names, so bear with me. The game is actually now known as Try a Sample, where before it was called Sampling and Have a Free Sample and all this other stuff. But the game is actually called 
try a sample. We are offering a free sample. Take the challenge today. Take the challenge, and that's what you're going to do. Now, as you may or may not know, a lot of songs are actually um, sampled. Uh, they're made from other songs. That's why a lot of songs sound really familiar because they're sampled from older songs. And a lot of songs uh, we've uh, I've played in the uh, the past uh, the past show past shows have been uh, samples that everybody's like, oh, I didn't know that. That's really cool. Blah blah blah. Um, now the songs are going to get a little bit more. Um, a little bit more unknown songs that I didn't even know. Like I had to do a ton of research today. Um, but here's what I'm going to do. I first play, let's see, uh, Macho Grande. <laughs> That's Airplane. <laughs> I don't think we'll ever get over Macho Grande. Yeah, we won't. Um, but what we're going to play is, I'm going to play you the song, and then I'm going to see if you actually know the sample. Everyone will probably will know the song right away. It's one of my wife's favorite songs, actually. There we go. All right. Now, this is not the part of the challenge. This is actually the song, Somebody That I Used to Know by Gautier. That's right, Kim. That's how you're playing. Now, this song was actually sampled from a song from 1967. And nobody's going to get this unless you're actually doing internet research now, like I did all day. Um, uh other than the porn. Um, but this is the, this is the, this was the sampled version. Now, I know what you're saying. It's the same song. No, it's not. It's not. It's called Seville by Louis Bonfrat from 1967. And that is Seville, and of course the first one was somebody that I used to know. So when you put them together, it's I used to know Seville. That's pretty freaky. Yes. Yes, if you're encountering uh, some sound issues, uh, sometimes it depends on your server. Um, all you got to do is hit refresh, and that's usually the problem. So it's if you got a slow server, um, just have a new dial-up or whatever, or invest some more money in Comcast or Verizon. Uh, I would lean toward Carbcast, actually, because that's what I have. They're not a sponsor, but uh, believe me, I pay them enough to produce this fucking show. Uh, so, yes. So that was the first one. So uh, it was Somebody I Used to Know by Gautier. Uh, was sampled from the 1967 single Seville by Louise Bonfra. Now, here's a new one. Here's a song that's a few years old that, that you probably know. Hold up. I'm going to whack it till the wheels fall off. Hold up. Hey, oh my niggas who be acting too bold. Take a 
That is Dr. Dre. The next, it's Dr. Dre. The next episode. The best part. Smoke weed every day. That's uh, kind of a PSA from Dr. Dre. That's <laughs> next episode. That was actually sampled by. Uh, no, and I actually had the date and I lost the date. It was sampled. This is gonna freaky. Last. Let me just stop for a second. Last week we did the. Uh, it's five o'clock somewhere where we had the the uh, radio regardless drinking game. When I do, let's try a sample or try a sample or a sample whatever the sample game is. I'm gonna name it. It's almost like you're high, but you're not high. It's literally what like listening to Dark Side of the Moon while watching uh, Wizard of Oz. It's that freaky. It's Dr. Dre's song, the next episode, was sampled from this. And I know what you're saying. It's the same song. But it's not. But it is. But it's not. It's, it's it's from a western. No shit. It's amazing. Yes, and that's from like the seventies. How fucked up is that? So when you take Dr. Dre's the next episode and David McCullen's The Edge, you put them together, you have the next edge. That's right. La da 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 da. Eniko Morian? What's that? I don't know who that is. Did you Shazam it just now, Kim? Hold up. Oh, yeah. The Spaghetti Westerns. That's why they call them Spaghetti Westerns, because. They were made in Italy, <laughs> which which is crazy. Then again, there we go. Now, uh, yes, it's not Enrico Palazzo. No, hey, it's Enrico Palazzo. Anyway, um, now, of course, you might know this song. This song was actually sampled in, uh, I think, a Nissan commercial. Um, it's by a band, The Heavy. How you like me now? And you're like, wow, this song sounds really cool. But the reason it sounds really cool is because it's not their song. Yeah. The original song was by Dyke and the Blazers. And I ain't making that up. Dyke and the Blazers. Let a woman be a woman and a man be a man. And what is that message, Dyke? I'm telling you, you feel like you're high because you're like, it's the same song. And exactly, when you combine the heavy, how do you like me now, and Dyke and the Blazers, let a woman be a woman and a man be a man, of course you get, how do you like a woman and a man? (laughs) You don't mind if I have some laughs, do you? Yes, it does sound a lot like James Brown. I thought it was, but it's not. There you go. 
That's how that works. Now, now it gets a little more strange. We only have a couple more. And believe me, I've taken all day to do these, so we're going to spend another few minutes on them because they intrigue me. I'm, I'm so intrigued. Yes, you probably are high. Um, you might remember, now I play Dr. Dre, and his, this is Tupac featuring Dr. Dre, California Love. You, you may know it. Ever since Honey's was weird, I sued. Now that is Tupac featuring Dr. Dre, California Love, and it came out years ago, coming out like 92. Now, you're like, wow, that's, I love that song. I, I, I always was jamming to this, jamming, like I was head, you know, wrist on the steering wheel, single bounce. Because I was into all this shit. Eric B. Rakim, the gangster, NWA. I was into all that before it was It was cool to be into it, especially for white guys. Um, how are you watching Law and & Order and the Bruins? And you, Wow, slow down. It's Wednesday. Slow down. Don't do all that, Sandy. But I'm the original Tupac and Dr. Dre, California Love, was actually sampled from this song. And you're going to, I'm telling you, it's the same song, but it ain't the same song. But it's kind of the same song. Oh, it's freaking me out. It's freaky, isn't it? This is Joe Cocker, woman to woman. If you couldn't tell. <laughs> now, of course, when you take Tupac featuring Dr. Dre, California Love, and you mix that with Joe Cocker's Woman to Woman, you get California Woman to Woman Love. <laughs> I got to have some friend. I got to have some friend. Yeah, I got mad street cred, yo. Let that bass kick in, y'all. Boom, boom. It's like so funky. Now, now you have to actually go to YouTube or uh, iTunes and and download and find Joe Conker's Woman to Woman. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Joe. Can we bring Dre back in? That's what you get when you play them together. Yes. Now. It's this is our last one, and I've literally saved one of the strangest ones for last. Um, you all may remember this song. This was by Jay Z. It was uh, Empire State of Mind. It got a lot of play because it was very, you know, I think it was it was 2009. It was to rejuvenate the city of New York, which was nice. Um, but it's actually a song from 1968. And it's it's just again one of those freaky things. The original one is called, and Sandy, you might well Sandy, well you only got a few years on me, but you you probably maybe maybe you're like eight or nine, maybe you were ten when this song came out. Not even that, I don't think you probably I don't know 1968. You probably not that old anyway. You can't. You only got like five years on me. So you but but at five years you might be old enough to remember this particular song, or even I barely I remembered it when I heard it. This is Love on a Two-Way Street by The Moments. And you'll remember it as soon as the chorus comes in. 
Again, freaky or not freaky? You're like, it's the same song. Here we go. Did you know this? Son of a bitch. Did you know this? Yeah, I can do the falsetto. And you want to put them together. The Empire State of Mind by Jay-Z. And Love on a Two-Way Street. You, of course, get two-way love on an empire. (laughs) Kick kick it up, Jay Z. Oh, and Alicia Keys, by the way. That's that's what I forgot to mention. Alicia Keys. See? Next time I play, next time I play the sample game, everybody is going to have to get high. Because now we're going to have the Radio Irregardless Getting High game, which probably is going to be... It's going to feel longer than it actually is, I'm sure, (laughs) or go much faster or slower than it actually is. But if you are listening, because I can see you, you're listening to Radio Irregardless. We're going to take our first break, and when we come back, we're going to listen to our wonderful guest, Mr. Tom Clark, comedian extraordinaire. You are listening to Radio Irregardless with me, your host, Mark Scalia. This episode of Real Celebrity Rumors. The Flintstones. They were the modern Stone Age family that we loved, but after the show's cancellation, things slowly went extinct. The show first aired on September 30th, 1960, but was cancelled six years later, due to the one-a-day vitamin scandal. More difficulties came when Fred's dog died by choking on a brontosaurus bone. A police autopsy revealed later it was actually from, an apatosaurus. Fred dropped into a depression, which put pressure on his marriage. In April 1987, Wilma filed for divorce. Later that year, she wrote a tell-all book, Yabba Dabba Do's, and Do Nots. My life, as a Flintstone. Fred now lives alone in Bedrock, working at his old job in construction, far away from the bright lights. And on the next Real Celebrity Rumors, the Powerpuff Girls, Sugar, Spice, and Not Everything Nice. You listen to radio, irregardless, irregardless is even a word, which means this is even a show, which means you are just in the black hole of nothingness. What are you doing? Wake up, look around you people. Stop listening to this program. It's not giving you any advantages in the world, except maybe a few laughs. Enjoy.
And you're back at Radio Irregardless with me, your host, Mark Scalia. And joining me, which I actually, I'm never going to have a technically professional show. It's just not going to fucking happen. Uh, Joining me on uh, my phone that I just called him during the break, because usually I was trying to wait till I actually had a break to actually call him uh, with me. Joining me is Mr. Tom Clark. Tom Introduce I yourself to my listeners. With. Yes, yes, I am, Mark. How are you, sir? I'm I'm good. <laughs> I just never, <laughs> never having a good technical day. That's just you know you would think uh, I would know this after we're approaching a year, but it's just yeah, whatever. So enough uh, about no. me. Keep it keep it interesting. You know, what the heck? <laughs> in the old radio terms, you're riding the board now, making sure all the levels are right. Is that what's happening? That uh, that's exactly the term. And I did not go to a broadcasting school, but I yes, of course, know that because I learned the hard way. Um, and uh, I'm working as my own producer. So what are you going to do? But and again, uh, enough about these people. Hear me all the time, Tom. Tom, tell our listening audience who you are and what you do. What I am and who I do. Uh, let me see. No, you got that wrong. No, no, that's... Tom Clark, a stand-up comic, uh, now residing in beautiful Kittery, Maine. Um, my website is tttomtalks.com. Yeah. And the reason for all the T's is because I started way back in the 1900s of Boston stand-up, and I uh, called myself the Mel Tillis of comedy. Because I stutter. I stutter, Mark. Yes. And Every I, time I ask for a tuna fish sandwich, I get two of them. <laughs> but And I actually... That's my uh, oldest and longest running joke, and it's a personal uh, uh, truism. It's true. It's happened to me six times in my life. You actually did that joke. I actually... Now, have you been around for a little bit? I actually did... Uh, I mean, we've known each other, well, since I've started. I mean, you started far before me, I would imagine. I don't know how much longer. But um, I actually saw you for the first time um, in the Boston area. I think it was probably at Dick Doherty's Club or something like that, or maybe it was Nick's. But when I was doing research, I did not know you were, you were on A&E's Evening at the Improv. Oh, yes. Uh, matter of fact, somebody, I was just doing an, an open mic up in uh here up in here in Portland, Maine, and I'm realizing that the guys um, doing these shows with are probably uh, you know were were born when I was starting. Yeah. And uh, and I so the kid was asking me you know what's what's your credits and I was like well you know Rick Jenkins the uh, owner of the comedy studio in Harvard Square um, always points out that I was the first Boston comic to do this, uh, evening at the Improv and I was like wait well, you know, I was I was and wow. I guess. I, Bud, Bud Freeman had it, the improv at, uh, downstairs at the Wil- Wilbur. Yeah. And uh, through Dick Doherty connection, they, it turned out they were old buddies. I had no idea of that. But So the club was there for, what, I think maybe a year. Yeah, I, and, I played there briefly they, two I weekends. They, I guess they got <laughs> 10 of us were, were selected. And um, for some reason, Rick thinks that I was, I was the first one to air or I was the first one out there to do it. But, so now I, I put that. Other my cap, but they, yeah, I, yeah. I, I did anything at improv. And I actually saw who's hosting, and for my listening audiences, uh, my listening <laughs> audience, you who now Bud Friedman got a lot of different people to host, so they weren't necessarily comedians, they were funny or they were on comedy shows. And he would, I and I know this for a fact, and I'm, I'm hypothetical, I don't know it because I haven't done the research, but I'm assuming that somebody wrote material for the host of the night to do, and they were bad jokes or they were okay jokes or whatever. But your host, the night you were brought up, um, was, now listening, 
Uh, of course, some a lot of the listeners are familiar with the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, which uh, was okay. gave Will Smith his true um, acting career. Quincy Jones produced the show. The guy who brought you up was the Butler. The Butler, w- and, indeed, and, the British. And, and what was his name? You know, I, I was hoping <laughs> you did the research because I have no idea. The, well, you know something. In, 50, uh, in fifteen seconds, my um, my uh, my listening audience will will guess. But we'll, I will find out and we'll get back. Fresh, yeah, I'm sure they will. Watch like. this, Prince of Bel Air. Yep. Yes, Fresh Prince of Will. Oh, I want to. Was yeah, Jeffrey? It was Jeffrey. Jeffrey. Jeffrey was the character's name, right? Yes, Jeffrey. And James Avery just died recently. Yes. Um, yep. Maybe it was uh, was his name jo- Joseph Marcel. Ooh, that could be. That that, that sounds right. Joseph Mort. I no. I, I I don't think I said anything more than hello and goodbye to him. <laughs> but yeah, because they had us all off in the, in the back room. Actually, they they taped two shows in the afternoon. Yeah, and and it was. Um, because uh, you had to do, you went out there, and they didn't fly you out. I always say, oh, yeah, they flew me out there. <laughs> you had to fly yourself out there and put yourself up. Really? But then you got paid You got paid for the show. Oh. Uh, How so cheap was Bud Friedman? A buddy of mine slept on, oh, and, he, and little, there's two two little stories I got out of that whole taping, which I think happened in, uh, what, 80, maybe 90s, maybe 91, 92, I don't know. But, um. The first one is about, <laughs> well, actually, there's a few stories out of it. But anyway, one the producer came up to us and said, oh, don't, um, I'm sorry, but Bud can't stick around for your taping because there, there, one of his signatures was hugging the guy after he got off stage. He was, he was in the audience, and there was an aisle that cut the room in half, and he was in the front row of the second half of the room. And as the guy walked off stage, he always stood up in the aisle and gave him a big hug. And they're like, oh, Tom, we're really sorry. He's not going to be here for for." And they called it the hug. Oh, God. <laughs> I was like, I was like uh, you know what? I really don't care. Yes. Of I, could say that. I was like, oh, really? Oh, gee, I'm sorry. But uh, the story with the... So I'm up there do, do, doing my bit, and I was doing very well. And they had a... Oh, there's two things. One, the guy said, don't worry before the show. Don't worry about the crowd reaction. Because we... And here <laughs> yeah, was the, the quote. Sweeten the tape. Uh, yeah, of course they dub it, yeah. So, so yeah, they put in a, a laugh track after, you you know, in case you're... So he, he goes, no, don't get nervous if you're not getting the laughs you expect. No, no, hold on, hold on a second. I just want to interrupt you just a moment. Are you telling me that a show on television that has comedians, they don't just use the laughs? What? Just in case the ones they they, they, they selected after the 25 guys that they saw <laughs> aren't funny. Oh, my God. They have. So, so I'm up there doing my bit. I'm getting laughs. And I look up, and there's, of course, a, a huge... Um, monitor cue card or whatever and I look up and I'm kind of nervous but I got three applause breaks and now so now I'm relaxed and I look up and I know I'm coming towards the end and I was like and all of a sudden I get this big laugh I look up on the screen at the back of the room and it says way to go Tom and I'm going how cool is that that the guys in the truck like me you know they're they're engineers they don't have to sweeten the tape so they're like hey way to go so I was like this is so cool riding high I say thank you very much get off stage up comes the butler, and what's his first words out of his mouth? Way to go, Tom. 
<laughs> oh, God. All that was was his outro for me. And in my ego-driven, crazy first TV appearance uh, mind, I was like, hey, the guys in the truck like me. <laughs> uh, so, that was, uh, I was like, boy, how bad does this actor have to be that they have to give him the words to his outro? Yeah. Go, <laughs> That's all you, you have. You have one job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Montreal just scored again. It's three to one. I was just going to tell you that the game right off the gate. Uh, we scored it. I was just looking. That's heartbreaking. Yeah, it's it's just it's Montreal. I fucking hate Margaret. I fucking hate Montreal. I hate them. I hate the so. city. Hate the city. Anyway, so I that's a good story. That's wonderful. But you've been now. How long you been at it? Uh, on and off, thirty years, I'd say. The, what, uh, what? Because <laughs> it, I, I moved down from here. I moved down from Kennebunkport, Maine. Yeah. Start the open micers at uh, nineteen eighty two. I was actually in the room when S- S- Stephen Wright got picked up in at the Ding Ho. I started at the Ding Ho and uh, watched that whole show. And actually, mm-hmm. he had a pretty good set. He didn't have the killer set, but I mean, because it, it was a who's who of. Right. And I'm sure you, you know the background of that story where, where the guy from the Car Carson show was just dro- dropping his, his da- daughter off at BU and decided to... No, I don't I don't know that guy. story. That's that's why he was up and he just like on a whim called, uh, I think it was Barry Cormans who ran the, the club at that point. And it was like, you know, I'm in town, you know, I'd like to see a couple of shows. So they, they like made the calls on the who's who of... <laughs> Boston comedy had a, and Stephen was sort of a one of them, but not. I mean, he he never killed at a club because you know the Ding Ho. It was it was this wild, crazy. Len Clark would. I remember one year he one night he opened his open mic show that we were all standing in line for with a chainsaw, came out of the outside <laughs> door with a live chainsaw, started it up and cut a chair in half, and the entire room was blue with the exhaust smoke. <laughs> I mean, it was a crazy, crazy club room. It was absolutely insane. And so you, you know, you had to grab him by the throat, especially for Lenny's show, because you know that's the way, oh he, that's the pace he set. That's hysterical. And, you know, and the and to see Steve, Stephen come on and just say, you know, how you doing? Uh, <laughs> so he from, was, from chainsaw to Stephen Wright. That's funny. <laughs> oh, it was it, people were. They had to open up all the doors because it was it was just this blue gas smoke through this, with this chainsaw. <laughs> He didn't do it that night of, of with the Tonight Show thing, but anyway. Oh God, so, that's yeah, funny. It was, uh, <laughs> it was crazy times, my friend. I was just telling my wife about it because I, when I did this open mic in Portland last week, the guy had the lineup and the times that he wanted. That uh, he emailed to me, and I had to. I had to laugh. I said, you know, when I started out doing open mics with Lenny Clark, yeah. he would. They'd be doing drugs in the kitchen. <laughs> and he would come flying out of the kitchen door, grab who, because we'd have a list, but he'd always ignore the list. And he'd just grab who, whoever sat was near the, nearest the door at the bar and go, you're on next, kid. <laughs> and that, so we all got wind of that. And it was like me, Brian Kiley, Bill Broaddus, oh, uh, wow. uh, bunch of Mike uh, Marin. Uh, there was a whole bunch of uh, guys and girls. And then we eventually got Pluto if you sat near the door of the kitchen when he came out of that <laughs> well i used to i used to uh you know dick doherty ran the vault for years and years and years and at one point sunday nights was his open mic night where he was doing like 30 
30 comics and the show is getting over at like one or two in the, this is on Sunday oh, night. Yeah. And he said, Hey, you know, Mark, I'd, I'd like you to run it. So for almost a month straight, I was this, I was the regular host and I, I streamlined that. I mean, I got that show done at like 11, 10, 11, 15 and put 20 guys on, um, and girls wow. too. But I, I was having fun with it because I was trying the whole, like I did surprise set night. I did, uh, I, you know, I go, okay, this next comic coming to the stage, very funny gentleman. And of course all the guys would relax. And I go, uh, but the funny thing is, uh, uh, she used to be, uh, she, <laughs> uh, I used to say, this was this woman coming up and then I would go, Oh no, but it's a guy. And then the guys would like zip up and I like Paul, you know, and it was just so fun. So I, I remember that kind of environment, which it, oh, it, yeah. it's a lot of fun and it keeps you Didn't sharp. It, it keeps you on your, yeah, yeah. We, it we just keeps you on your toes. On what's going on. But yeah, they, uh, well, the best one during that time was after, uh, after the thing, oh, was the st- st- stitches and they had a Sunday night show and. George McDonald ran that, and that was just what you described. But yeah. and I think he and they ended up putting it on the marquee because it was the front room of the Paradise uh, Rock and Roll Club, and it was comedy hell. <laughs> and he'd always it was called open mic comedy hell. He said where the the comedians never stop and the jokes are never funnier. <laughs> it was just and it got so bad. My, I used we used to come back from paying gigs and we we'd. Stop it in there, and there was one night. Three of us had done shows down the Cape. Came back in, and there was like maybe twelve guys in the crowd, and about four more comedians who were supposed to go up. And so we all just come in from this paying gig that we killed at, and we're like, "Hey, hey, George, put us on." He's like, "No, you don't want to go." And we go on and just absolutely bomb because <laughs> there was just nobody. And you're like, "Wait, you don't understand? We're paid comedians now. We're really funny." But yeah. that show was just hell. <laughs> And they put it up on the marquee, Comedy Hill. Oh, Open the good old days. It's like, I remember that. I remember those two. It's just, you know, now it's like you see guys going up and they're like, oh, no, no, I, I, I don't want, you know. And it's like, just get up there, man. Just we. Oh, yeah. I had stuff thrown at me in bars. And you guys are like, oh, there's only four people here. It's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Tom, I'll tell you what. Um, we're going to take our next break. And and are you a, a, a music aficionado? You good at music? Uh, even though I said riding the board because I did do, uh, <laughs> I was actually a morning DJ uh, for a short time up here and for actually one year because uh, well, I went in for my one year raise and uh, uh, they fired me. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> was your... was like, yeah, it was, that's another story. I went in, uh, I'm going to ask for a raise for my one year review and. Instead of a review, they gave me a pink slip. They give you a pink slip instead. Well, when we come back, we're going to be playing a, uh, a very, very fun game. Uh, and, you know, so I'm going to stay on, on air for another 15 seconds. Uh, the Bruins are 15 seconds away from oh, giving now. it up. Oh, from losing. That's yeah, right. Yeah, they're losing. It's seven, six, five. And there they got one. And more. no, it slid away. That, no, that's, that's it. That's game. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Radio Irregardless with your fucking pissed off host mark scalia and my guest to to tom clark we'll be right back From 1981 to 1992, saxophone usage and songs were 9 out of 10. However since 1993 modern day songs featuring saxophones have decreased 87%. Because of this, most of today's saxophones have been abandoned, and some, homeless. 
At the United Saxophone Usage of America, we provide songs for saxophones. We have made substantial progress, but we need your help. For just pennies a day, you can help these instruments desperately in need. Meet Kenny. He used to be a very popular sax and even made it into concert halls in multiple countries and in dozens of songs. Falling on tough times, he performs in adult films. Thanks to your contributions, he is playing in the rendition of Greece for the Robin Kowalski Middle School. Our mission at USUA is to get saxophone usage back to what it was over two decades ago. Please give to the United Saxophone Usage of America. Because we can all use a little more sax. You listen to radio, irregardless, irregardless is even a word, which means this is even a show, which means you are just in the black hole of nothingness. What are you doing? Wake up, look around you people, stop listening to this program. It's not giving you any advantages in the world, except maybe a few laps. Enjoy. Uh, and you're listening to Radio Irregardless with me, your host, Mark Scalia. And if you're playing at home, you I played the same promo twice. <laughs> I'm never going to have a good, never going to have a technically proficient Hire show. yourself a producer, my friend. That's it. All right. Well, you know something? Bruins, our Bruins season is over. And well, the good news is we don't have to watch hockey anymore. Um because uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins are going to beat the shit out of Montreal. That's what I'm hoping for. And I hate Pittsburgh, but I hate it slightly less than Montreal. But you might have known from the from the promo that was the uh, United Saxophone uh, Usage of America, the USUA. And every time I play a saxophone solo, I get 25 cents. So we're about to play Sounds Like Sax to Me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a quick game. It's a... It's a horny game. <laughs> it's a if good you game. Like sax, it's there. Yes. If you like sax, then you'll be playing. All and right. Who doesn't? That's what I want to ask. Now, who doesn't like sax? Here we're going to do it. Now, I'm going to get my pad of paper and my pen because uh, I am a terrible scorekeeper. Now, Tom, you are actually playing against the listening audience. Now, right away, the listening audience has, uh, has already named the song and the artist of of course they say Benny Hill um which is that's Yakety Sax and it's by Boots Randolph that is actually <sighs> yes I'm telling that. you I've done a lot of work on this show and it's <laughs> and, and once I execute it flawlessly I'll be killed um but as you may have heard in the promo saxophones are not used as optimally as they were say 20 or 30 years ago or even 10 years ago a lot of songs don't have saxophones in them so um you my wonderful guest are going to be competing directly against uh my listening audience now the only the, now listening audience there a lot of people might be listening through markscalia.com but the ones that are listening through mixer are signed up now we have uh eight five eight yes we have eight chatters on the line who are vying who are vying for the answers now the advantage you have is you and i speak very quickly and it's live most of the listeners might have a delay depending on their service and their their internet provider and all that so they may be on a delay anywhere between 3 to 8 seconds or 4 to 10 seconds depending on their server so but you have a you you're fighting against eight other people or whoever many want to check so 
I will play the song for you. If you know it, you can say it right away. I need the artist and the song. Now, oh boy. now you are not now you're not cheating. You don't have a your phone up to your phone. You don't do you're not doing the whole Shazam thing. Um, no, but no. It, it it goes it goes. Yeah, I'll tell you what. This will be like a little sample. Uh, it would be something. and We've played this before. If I played something like uh, this. It's actually men at work. Who can it be now? Oh, and I used to play that on my morning radio show. <laughs> that was my time, and I knew. <laughs> well, obviously, obviously, the listeners are like, "It's an old song. Relax." I just played it. I just played it so Tom could hear it. I'm telling you, they're like ruthless. They're getting they're, a little antsy, are they? Yeah, they're like piranha chomping. You're like, oh, there's a little fish food. <laughs> we want to beat the old comics. Yeah. <laughs> so there's only I five songs. Some of these, some of but some of these songs are actually one songs, uh, two two songs from the seventies, uh, two songs from the, and actually the rest of the songs are from the eighties. So our uh, listeners collectively <laughs> add up to about I don't know forty five years old. They're all like children. <laughs> so yeah. So if you can't if if you can't beat eight children, if you can't beat eight children. <laughs> Then you're, then, you're, then you're not a good parent. So here we go. Here comes the first one. Ready to go? First one. Ready. Remember, song and artist. Oh, man. This one's easy. It's fuzzier than it was. I'll play it again. I didn't hear that one so clear. Here we go. Oh, Tom, any no. guesses? Nothing? No. Nothing. Oh. Okay, moving on. Okay, so you didn't get it right, but Kim Santo did. Kim Santo said it was Donna Summer. She works hard for the money. See, now it now it makes perfect sense, doesn't it? <laughs> well, it's more clear now. Well, I was, I was getting like Radio Free Europe noise in the background <laughs> of that, but that's all right. Go ahead. I'm uh, not asking for technical clarity. Keep going. Okay. So. Well, God bless you, Kim. I'm glad you knew something. She did. The answer is up before he even played the music, because my brother's got a slow server. It's terrible. Uh, He's got a slow server. All right. This one's a really obscure reference, but you might, uh, but you, but you might get it because uh, you have a wife. Oh my God! Everybody got it, Tom. Any guesses? <laughs> I'm, I'm actually, I'm really. They, my connection is really bad. I, I'm. Oh I, yes. You know, I'm not gonna bitch and moan, but. Oh it's, yeah, the it, phone. It's sometimes it. See, because everybody is listening through a computer, it sounds crystal clear. <laughs> well, how about I turn on my computer and I was I was afraid it was gonna be like radio and getting the. the yeah, you would. Yeah, you you would get the feedback. All right, well, you, then I won't, and then I'll let everybody just kick my butt. How's that? Go ahead. All right. Well, I'm here for you, Mark. <laughs> Actually, the uh, a lot of the listeners got it. Hungry, it's, it was Hungry Eyes, but they didn't get who sang it. They didn't get it. Uh, yeah, see if I can... Does that sound a little better for you? That sounds a little better, yeah. Okay, there we go. 
Barely. There we go. That's all, that's all breaking up, too. Okay. So let's... Okay. You'll get this one, though. Nobody, nobody said who it was. I'm not going to give the audience a point oh, yeah. unless they said the... Oh, what's her name? What, it's a woman. No, it? it's uh, a guy. All I see is Patrick Swayze. Well, all I see is dead people. It's oh no, that was the wrong movie. But he was a ghost, so I don't know. That's a weird crossover. Play on me, and now I don't, and now I do, and now I don't. (laughs) (laughs) It was actually Eric Carmen. Eric's Eric something. Yes, because my wife couldn't type fast enough. We'll file that under who gives a shit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That is a half a point for the audience. So you still have a shot. You still have a shot. Okay. Oh, now everybody's typing in Eric Carmen now. Fine, whatever. (laughs) Here we go. Number three. Tell me when it sounds better for you, Tom. Ooh, it started off clear, but. It's a really obscure reference. It's to pound who gives a shit. That's what Kim just <laughs> And I don't use the word hashtag because I fucking hate it. So it's pound who gives a shit. Because pound is funnier than hashtag. It is. Pound you have to funny. form too many. And it's easier. If we have to say uh, PGI or whatever the thing is now, uh, everything's an acronym. Why, why do we have to say uh, yeah. hashtag as opposed to pound? Like TGIF, just say thank God it's Friday. It's, right. it's it's the same thing. It's not a song or from the same. No, ET is extraterrestrial. Entertainment Tonight is a goddamn TV show. Yeah, that's one na 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 as opposed to e. All right, ouch, ouch. Once again, does it make any sense if it's louder? <laughs> oh, you know what I can do? I can lower you. Does that sound better? All right. Nobody got it? Nobody got it? Nobody? Nobody got it. Okay, moving on. Okay, moving on. That was Steely Dan, Deacon Blues. No points. No points for anybody because I... I, So I'm only a half a point behind. I don't feel Well, no, you're a point and a half. (laughs) Yeah. You might get this one. This one, this was... I hated this song, I, I, and I didn't even want to edit it. That's how much I hated this song. Here we go. Remember, title and artist. Oh, oh I know this one. Yeah. Bum, bum, oh, Love in New York City by... Uh, what is by, it? Uh, what's his name? Uh, the theme from Arthur. It's theme from Arthur, yeah. So I have a point already. Uh, Oh, that's Rumford, Peter Rumford, something like that. Nope. What the hell? Oh, Kim Santo got it, and it's not living in New York from Arthur. Oh, yeah, Christopher. It's Trump. not caught between the moon and New York City either. It. The name of the song is actually the "Best That You Can Do." You know, best you can do. Oh, that's right. Best you can do. And New oh, York no. City. Yeah. It's. The best that you can do. Which I don't even understand the lyrics. If you get caught between the moon and New York City, the best you can do is fall in love. Yeah, that's what? No, the first of all, that's he's got to be tripping. And Christopher Cross, not an attractive guy. Yeah, what, what, what? It's exactly that. 
All right, no point. Actually, you know something? You got half a point. I got half a point. Dan. Yeah, so you're only so down by one. So if you get this one, if you get this one, you tie with the audience. Go old guy. Okay, you know what I'm. You know what I'm gonna. I'm gonna do something I've never done. I'm gonna do something. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna shut off the feed so they can't hear this. I could do that. I could totally do that. It's my show. It's, I'll shut the feed, you fuckers. You won't hear a damn song. Just me and my guest. That's how it works. My guest is gonna win. Yes. My guest is gonna win. You people are home on a Wednesday night doing nothing. <laughs> it's bad enough I produce this show. <laughs> He's on a wire. <laughs> He's on a wire. <laughs> He's on a wire. <laughs> Very few people will get that reference, and we'll keep it that way. <laughs> All right, the last one. Best guess. Here we go. <laughs> oh, my. oh, no, I, I got you up. Yeah, it's. First of all, it's a difficult song, anyway. Oh, nobody. I got. All right, I'll play it one more time. See if we. I'll, I'll adjust your sound for you. <laughs> Wait for the translation. <laughs> all right. Anybody? Nobody. Did me. All right. As soon as it's over, four more seconds. Oh my God! Oh, one of the listeners got it. The listeners got it. It was "Breathe, Hands to Heaven." Hands together and pray. This is a hit on the Christian rock radio. It was no. It was that. It was like that breathy, late that mid '80s thing. Tonight I need your sweet caress Hold me in the darkness It's about anal sex I'm sorry I don't know what it is So yes, it is Christian rock, actually yes. if, I'm, if I'm going to hell, I'm going my way uh, Which is a refresh, bitches you're scare- My wife said you're scaring your wife yeah, I could have used more cowbell just then. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take a we're gonna take our third and final break, and I'm gonna tabulate the scores, which shouldn't take a long time at all. Um, and when I and, my, and we'll figure out who exactly won that game. You are listening to Radio Regardless with me, your host Mark Scalia. We'll be right back. Love food and wine? Get to know Salem Mass in a fun and delicious way. Join me on a Salem food tour. Our five-star rated walking tour gives guests the perfect opportunity to enjoy an afternoon with friends or coworkers. Great for locals and visitors, our tours book in advance and can be crafted for your special event. For more information on our tours and to make reservations, please visit us at SalemFoodTours.com. Hi, this is Paul Kravitz. You're listening to Radio Irregardless, hosted by Mark Scalia. Or is it with? I don't know, but you're listening to it, and that's the important thing. 
To leave a question or comment, call the Radio Irregardless hotline at 978-219-9294. My name's Tom Clark, I'm from Kittery, Maine. Anybody give a shit? <laughs> nope. Nobody, no. Oh, Kittery, Kittery, Maine. Ladies, what is Kittery, Maine known for? Come on. Outlet! <laughs> You've been up here. I'm going to be three fucking hours to get here. The Kittery Outlet Malls. I love the Outlet Malls in Kittery. Oh, I go all the time. Go down 89, 93, 101. <laughs> I live so close to those outlet malls, I can smell the plastic burning on weekends. <laughs> You girls got your credit card. Come look at this, I'm off right. It's not like your number, silly. That's how much you owe. Holy fuck, I spent a lot, and that was my uh, very talented and funny guest, Tom Clark. And that was up at the Claremont, which I've actually been. Great room, but in the middle of nowhere. Literally in the middle of yeah. nowhere. Um, and you headline that. Uh, you headline that. And I think Mikey Pryor was on that show because there was a little bit of him oh. in the video as well. Ah, I was going to say, the only visual joke I do when you put it on the radio. Thank you, Mark. No. The outlet outlets. The outlet outlets. No, you know, everybody, a lot of comics say, oh, I'm going to use a clip. And they go, well, it's kind of visual. And I went, but if it's funny, it's funny. (laughs) I mean, it's funnier, certainly, visually, but yeah. So, you know, speaking of that... um, I like to have comics on, and when I have uh, when I have actors or uh, musicians or comics, I we, we always talk about the best and worst gig story. Um, but uh, uh, yeah. let me see, did I? Okay, yeah, I put it you and Tom Clark, and then you website again. And again, if my listeners are are you can check out because you're on the internet right now, uh, type and uh, just highlight and click Tom's website. Check him out. His he does a lot of corporate work, and especially, and I wanted to promote this actually twice. You have. Um, a one-man show coming up at the Colony Hotel in Kennebunkport, which is your hometown. It's going to start every Thursday in June, right? Late June or mid-June? Yeah, July. Let's start. Well, I'm going to do one la- uh, the first, uh, the last June of peace, last Thursday in June, and then for the rest of the season through July and August on Thursday nights. And it's every Thursday night at the Colony every Hotel. Thursday. At the Colony Hotel. So if you guys are, if any of my listeners are going up to Kittery, uh, and it's a lot of my listeners, they we travel. They do. I have an international. All right, I don't. But a lot of people, they go out of the house. They're home on Wednesdays. What are you going to do? Because all the good shows are on Monday, Blacklist, Tuesday, Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Thursday night, Hell's Kitchen, and Friday night. If you're not out Friday night, there's a bigger problem than you listening to my show. Uh, but <laughs> if a lot of the, they may be able like we go to Kenny big port all the time. Uh, like Maine is not, it's a hop, skip and a jump jump. So if you guys are around, I'd, uh, take that in. Now tell, tell me a little about that show. That show is, I like to say, I open up for myself. I do uh, <laughs> about 10 to five, 10, 15 minutes of on the crowd of stand up, But then I magically turn into my alter ego, uh, conglomeration of all the great Maine people I've met since I've been uh, going up there since 1968 when my parents bought a little camp. Um, and uh, I turned into C.L. Thomas, an Asian old good old Maine boy, and I uh, got suspenders and a hat, and I started out as uh, the title of the show was How to Be a Better Tourist. <laughs> and I'd tell folks about different things that I'd seen throughout the years as in beautiful vacation land, and now I tell folks that if they get a menu, my suggestion to them is to read it. 
because uh, from all the other servers in the world that tell, uh, what kind of beer do you got? It's on that menu if you take the time. So anyway, <laughs> I do that, but then it, it's, uh, it's merged, morphed into tourist, teenagers, technology, and other things that ain't right. <laughs> so uh, on my website, I now have about eight or ten little videos, anywhere from two to four minutes, about things that... CL just sees things that that some of them just ain't right. You know? Yeah, the, an, I uh, I saw a lot of them on YouTube, and <laughs> just to watch them, I'm just like. That's because I like I know you as, as a comic and as a person. So then I see this guy, and I'm like, wow, that's because it, it's really funny because it's so different from who you are. Essentially, it's a, it's it's very funny. It's well, in, on all the clips. Actually, I got a glowing, uh, and you, because you know, man, it, it came, uh, it, I gave a, I have a uh, CD, and you can buy it on iTunes, uh, How to Be a Better Tourist by C.L. Thomas, on, through my website, and my stand-ups is on CD, too, um, it's on iTunes, but anyway, uh, Mike Donovan yes. uh, got a hold of one of my CDs, and he gave me, like, a paragraph of glowing praise. Yeah. And I was so touched. And so he was like, you know, it's so nice. It's a, it's slow and it, and it's stuff you can't do in a club and it's subtle and it's just real, you know, it's just so anyway. Um, yeah, it is. And the other thing I, I tell you know, from a comedic point of view, and, and you know this well, the hardest thing for stand up to do is to find his own voice and to hmm. understand where his, his comedy is coming from and what is his viewpoint and all that. Whereas, well, after doing stand-up for a, was doing it almost 20 years before I started doing uh, CL, and this boy, I know him so well. Uh, he he just he writes his own. It's, yeah. it's right there. I mean, I know yeah. his attitude. I know what what he wants, and it's it's so. It, I want to want to say easier, but you know, he's so well defined. And and there's some things that I hear. And I immediately go, oh, the seal has to do that. <laughs> you know, and and well, the thing on the video is uh, sizes. And uh, a friend, and it's, it's an all-true story of my two buddies and I all meet for lunch like once a month uh, down the South Shore. One's from New Hampshire, I'm up here, and he's another one's from the Cape. So we meet at Old Bon Pan on the South Shore Mall. <laughs> and uh, the Old Bon Pan boys, we stepped up, and my friend from the Cape asked for a uh, a small soda for his lunch and the guy says I'm sorry we don't have small we only have medium uh, and large and extra large <laughs> and you, you know those types of that ain't right yeah. I was like excuse me buddy but you do got a small you just ain't saying it right yeah. you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's right really you know it's almost uh, the same thing the Saturday Night Live does a really you know it's that sort of attitude but it's just it's a, it's more of a main thing. And the other thing I like about the character is that it's also, he does come from stand-up roots, so it's it's not one of the Tim's sample or old stories of of the main guy, you know, talking about the outhouse and the... Yeah. Liberty. I actually go into the audience and, and you know... Yeah, it can be a little more free-form free form than you can... You yeah, can, it's free-form, yeah. but, it, but it's not it's not the harsh, you know. It's right. Not, you know, there's no way... Uh, like this one guy, I was doing a show at the York harbor in this past fall and and this guy was just uh, you know being a jerk up front <laughs> had, had an answer for ev everything cl said and my stand-up bones wanted to you know rip, rip them a new one and all that but cl doesn't do that kind of thing yeah and so finally he said something 
And and I just looked at him and I went, that's about the smartest thing you've said all night. <laughs> and it just brought the house down. Yeah. And it was such a nice, easier way than... You know, saying the old, I don't knock the dick out of your mouth, you know. Sort of well, so. I can I can completely relate. I play uh, I play Scrooge in December um, for right. the Salem That's Trolley. Right. And, of course, there are people, there are kind of hecklers. And, you know, Scrooge can be very mean. And, you know, as, as you just described, as a stand-up, you have every tool in the toolbox. But with a character, you're kind of limited, but you're focused, in in a way, so Scrooge can certainly just like um you know just like your character can can zing somebody in a way that makes sense to that character without being offensive to the rest of the audience. So exactly. it's 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 exactly. it sounds like it's a really good character, and it works. It sounds like it really works for you. And with the- yeah, I I like I I love it. And my biggest uh, uh, little point that I, I I like to bring up is that I the biggest smile on my face when I'm done are the three generation shows because. It is a summertime show. We are at a resort hotel. There's times that grandma come in with the with you know mom and and the kids. And yeah. I when I can get three generations laughing and enjoying each other, and because I, I you know I, I'll poke fun at dad because he 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 doesn't read the menu or something. You know the teenager will shake his head <laughs> and point to his dad and out his dad, and then grandma just liking you know that I keep it all clean and stuff. And they, they it's just, that's one of the really points of pride that I I like to nice. say. You know that's a job well done. So anyway, thank you for allowing me to. Yeah, it's every Thursday night, and I'm looking for more. I may be uh, I'm in negotiation right now with the new. Uh, ferry that's going from Portland to Nova Scotia. Um, uh, really? I'm on their short list of entertainment. Oh, that would be. <laughs> you're in the short. Is it a short boat? A short? Not a short. <laughs> like a short bus, but a short boat. No, it's a big I boat. No, a short list. A short list. Short right? list. Short. Okay. <laughs> so. Uh, and yeah, you have a. Anyway, so yeah, I'm always looking. So if there's any yeah. of your listeners know a nice little B and B in Maine that would like to entertain, because by all means. That would be very cool. You could actually come in as like uh, almost like uh, you know sometimes we do the um, uh, the corporate imposters, and you could actually yeah, be yeah. staying at the you you could be like the worst house manager ever. Oh, I I done corporate imposter with that character yeah. as a uh, a wine sale or a wine rep. <laughs> I was I was in the back of the room and I was telling him how the. Uh, <laughs> The big displays that he was putting out at the end of the aisle were too big because my customers wanted to move into them. <laughs> I was like, "Well, you don't understand. When I try to sell sell this up at B- B- Banny and Jeb's uh, grocery store, that I get one of them big displays. They're, they're bringing it back out and put it on in addition to that double wide. I can't do that." <laughs> and these boys are looking, all these salesmen are like, "Who the hell is this guy?" <laughs> That worked out well, speak, well, speaking of stand-up, you were actually, um, you know, because you, you go, you kind of do the character, but in a stand-up kind of way. You're still doing stand-up on a, on a regular basis. You actually have a show come up, coming up with uh, Bob Sebel and Dave Radigan. Where's that? Yes, I do. We're doing a fundraiser for my, my town right here across the street from me, the community center in Kittery. We've got it on uh, Saturday night at 8 o'clock for uh, the beautiful town of Kittery and the uh, Lions Club, I believe, so are the benefactors. But, yeah, I'm really glad to be able to bring in guys that, uh, you know, I'm, I really like and enjoy and work with. And so Bob Seibel, I'm sure, is going to bring down the house with his stuff, and Dave Radigan, we all know, is a pro, and yeah. one of the, uh, actually one of the best produ- producers out there now in the uh, New England. Yeah, he does a, he does a nice job. Shows. He does a really yeah. nice job. Yeah. 
Oh, and I, you know something? I never went through the scores. <laughs> I, oh, I just, and we didn't I get just, the worst gig, best gig. I just, I just, I just turned right to the, I just turned right to the thing. I went no, but now, yeah, I want to get into the. And before I let you go, the um, the whole best gig and worst gig stories. So, uh, <laughs> I always start Let's with the, see. always start with the best because the um, the best. Why don't we go with the best? Best, yeah. I would say, I was, I was on a good. Um, Oh, by the way, Kim said very- Kim said that you actually won at the games, but you actually lost by um, five and a half points, and there were only five, five questions. Yeah, there oh. were only there were only five questions, so I don't know how you lost a by pos- five and a half. Out of a six. <laughs> <laughs> no, five and a half out of a possible five. <laughs> so you you owe half a point. That's that bad. <laughs> ah, shit. To that girl that knew the love in New York City over the moon. Uh, yeah, she- whatever. Everybody's high <laughs> on my show. That's what it is. <laughs> So you're yeah, you have to start with the best gig because the worst gig is always a better story. Yeah. Best gig, uh like I was on a roll. I opened for uh Robert Palmer, I opened for the Temptations, and I opened for uh somebody else. And those were probably the best Robert Palmer, I think, during his uh um might as well face it here. What's the chance length in my tick as a glove? But uh <laughs> <laughs> addicted to love tour, yeah. Addicted it's to love Springfield's a Springfield Symphony Hall. That that was kind of cool. That was uh, that was you know when you make you when you're playing those huge venues yeah. and it's always not the best because you know you're, you're the opening act for both for you know a rock band. They're not there to see you, but when you can win that crowd over when you know there's it's a two thousand three thousand seat auditorium and they're not there for you. And the next thing you know, as you get off stage, they're roaring and nice. applauding. That's that was cool. I like that a lot. I was, you know, I sold a bunch of CDs. Girls were asking for my autograph. One girl said, "I want you to, uh, I want your autograph." And I said, "Okay, here." She goes, "No, the back of my shoulder." When I was uh, my single days, I was like, Ooh, "I shit. want you inside me. Put your finger in my ear. That's weird." <laughs> <laughs> yes. Kim Kim Santo just typed in. They became addicted to Tom. <laughs> Robert, Robert Palmer, get it? Addicted to love, addicted to Tom. Kim, Kim is very quick. If Kim, if Kim was a comic, uh, she would be probably one of the fun. She would give a lot of our female comedians a run for their money because she stole my opening joke for tonight's um, tonight's show. I was actually I was in the middle of writing it, and, and she posted it on Facebook. The joke was, um, they just found. Uh, Christopher Columbus's ship after 500 years, but yet they still can't find the plane that went down a month ago. Oh, I was, <laughs> I was like, it's still, it's funny because <laughs> I was going to do it. And I'm like, well, I can do it and get away with it. But Kim was, and I go, Kim, you stole my opening show. She goes, I take 20%. And I was like, 20% of this show is still free. Uh, so yeah, without yeah. further ado, the worst gig story, Tom, the worst gig. Oof. Well, or pick several. I, yeah, yeah. This was, and this was recently, believe it or not. And it goes to a CL show. I was uh, at the Cliff House in the Gunquit two summers ago. And so I had a Wednesday show and a Thursday show. Okay. The Cliff House, I no longer do. And this is one of the reasons because they have, they, they weren't really a destination resort. It's a beautiful resort. Don't get yeah. me wrong if you ever have a chance. It's gorgeous. Go there. It's beautiful. But they had problems, you know, everybody went into town. Nobody stayed there for the entertainment. Well, long story short, uh, <laughs> three people. Three. Three people. And I turned to the bartender. I go, should we really do, it was just me. You know, I, I collected at the door. You know, I produced the show and all. 
And the guy's like, oh, come on. And one one of the w- women there had come just to see. I sort of knew her. She was a friend. And I was like, you know, I, she came. I might as well. But this is where I turn into the character from uh, How I Met Your Mo- Mother uh, show. Because I said, yeah, there's there were three in the crowd. Now, wait for it. One of them was blind. <laughs> so I did. Not only... Did I do the show, but it was my one-man show, which is at least an hour long. So I did an hour oh my to three God. people, and one of them was blind. <laughs> and you don't know how much visual your stuff is until you're working with three people, one of them being blind, the other one being his spouse, who was basically translating for him, leaning over going, he's holding up an outlet when he said outlet. <laughs> holding up an outlet. <laughs> and, I, and especially with the character, so I can't break character when I'm doing the, and she was explaining those jokes. So I was just like, oh my God, that's I doing this? That is hysterical. <laughs> and and, and the, well, here's, the last part of it is that I felt so bad. I felt like, I was like, am I a comedy whore? I mean, am I just addicted to myself that I have to do this? Or so I, got, I belong to a lot of discussion groups on LinkedIn. I, I don't know if you <laughs> go on there. Or just, so I, I, I posted on one of comedy, or comedy uh, discussion groups. I said, you know, am I a whore or do I, you know... <laughs> It was I not that I was contractually, but in my in my own mind, I was you know I gotta go. I said I was gonna do this show. These guys paid for it, so I put almost I would say ninety nine point nine, and I got a lot of feedback, and they all said, "No, you you're a pro. You go up there and you do, and you never know who's gonna be in the audience. You never know what you might learn from doing it." So it was a hell gig, but it was a learning experience. Three, three is One I think them. three is I think my limit. Especially if, well, One technically was, two and a half. Five. <laughs> and usually, you know, a five is, because uh, I did, I've done six a couple of times. And that was, you know, not by choice. But it, but it just, yeah. it does give you, you know, give you a little. Uh, four little four is the, of, four is the, I think four is the lowest number I've ever performed in front. And it was four. It in When that was it two couples? Because if it's. Yeah, know, or yeah, it was maybe a couple and then two singles, which is even weirder. <laughs> yeah. Well, another close to one that that was J- Jonathan Swift. Do you remember in Harvard? Oh yeah, Square? I remember Jonathan Swift. Yeah. And Barry Katz was producing, it, and they had this huge uh, super trooper spotlight, so you couldn't see anybody. And we, <laughs> it was Bill brought us myself, and there was four Mike Moto, I think, and Mike Moto. Oh my God, yeah, there's a name I haven't heard twenty years. So we're on stage, you know, we, I ended up being the last round, there was like, first there was 10 people, then there were sticks, then there were three, so I'm getting on stage and there's four, and th- it's going nowhere, and we're getting paid like 20 bucks, and so I said, look, this is just, a, oh, the guy yells out to do Jew jokes, this is what I was being heckled at, and he goes, do a Jew joke, do a Jew joke. And I said, I don't do ethnic jokes. Look, I do a Wizard of Oz thing. Everybody loves that. I'm going to go into it. And I start into it. <laughs> and all of a sudden, out of this blur, because it's this white light, comes this, you know, also a shadow. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to get killed. Beer but bottle? I'm looking at the bill. And it's Bill Brunner. And he walks right up on stage. And I'm going, what are you doing, Bill? What are you? He goes, Tom, nobody's here. <laughs> <Everybody's left." laughs> 
You walked the room. That's funny. I walked all four of them. There was only four of them there. Oh. But when I went into the, <laughs> when I went into my little Oz voices, they just said the hell with it. And well, I just and I, I of course, and I went into this rage, this mock rage. Of, no, but I must perform. I am a comedian. I, I must perform. <laughs> I will <laughs> not <laughs> stop. <laughs> I so they dragged me off stage. It was pretty funny. There was a, I don't know yeah. if I I don't know if I did this uh, where I did told the story on air, but I was working with uh, Matt Barry, one of the newer guys. Really funny. I'm yeah. trying to get him on the show, um, but he you think you know he's uh, he's high most of the time, so it's difficult because he doesn't remember ever <laughs> asking. But he was uh, he actually opened uh, for Godfrey Gilbert Godfrey up in Manchester. Oh yeah, I did read that. And uh, he was on the Friday night show, and then him and I worked on a Saturday. I go, how was last night work with Godfrey? He goes. Oh my God, he was so funny because he walked like 20 people. And I went, How do you do that? And then, of course, I was doing my Gilbert Godfrey impression. I'll try it now. But here's the joke that he walked five people. This is the joke. And I'll pull the microphone away so you can hear me. I read an article that a guy was sleeping with his 13 year old daughter. I can't get my kids to hug me. (laughs) I. Left so, and I go. Why would people walk out on that? Uh, it's hysterical, and uh, people people walked. And I was like, first of all, it's a funny joke. It's oh yeah, it's hysterical. I mean, you almost see it coming, but if, well, yeah. if you know, but he, Gilbert, but yeah, when he screams, out, but yeah, they you know who Gilbert Godfrey is. I mean, Jesus. he just he just walked twenty people. With that joke. Well, it's it's so funny that you use that term because we know that term, but as uh, lay folks out there and your audience they, that's that's the term for when people walk out of the room you walk to the crowd <laughs> well my story on uh one of the yuck the yuck yuck rooms yeah up in uh upstate near rochester yeah uh i do this uh i do my joke about um uh we a walker with wheels yeah and yeah. And, and handbrakes <laughs> and do you really need the ha- handbrakes if you're Going that fast, let the fuck go. <laughs> Which is my only joke that I need the word fuck in. I've tried tried it without fuck, and it doesn't work as well. But so I go up and I realize there's a woman, but she's young, and she has a walker. I saw her come in, but she folded it all up and put it un- underneath the the ta- ta- table. So I actually did a disclaimer before I did a joke. The joke because I, I <laughs> the whole pre- pre- premises that I was on a cruise ship, and there's a lot of old farts there. And one had a walker, and I saw him had a walker with wheels, and I go, oh, you're mine. So I do the joke, mm-hmm. and this woman gets upset and snaps out her walker. Nobody even knew she had a walker. And <laughs> if she's in the front row, she got her walker out, and she left. And the middle, I was headlining, and the middle guy comes up to me afterwards, he goes, you walked a walker. <laughs> <laughs> and I cried the rest of the night. <laughs> but, and there's a sad point, end of that story, but I won't bring your viewers down. But. That's fine. There's a lot of yeah. them have to be in bed in an hour. Anyways, okay. <laughs> myself included. No. But Tom, uh it's no, it's been it's been great having you on. Uh I wish you nothing but success with the uh with the one man show and uh go up and go up and see him, ladies and gentlemen. It's in uh it's in let me see if I want to get it right. It's in Kenny Bunkport at the Colony Hotel. That's just the first location. It's gonna be spreading um, All over the it's going to be spreading Go everywhere. Colonyhotel.com to get tickets if you'd like. And and it's on or, Thursday nights, and it starts uh, in July. July third. July third, and it goes all the way yep. probably to the end of the summer. And the end of summer is technically Labor Day. 
Uh, yeah. So it'll be, but and uh, and you're going to expand to more clothes. And he's got a local show. It's got the big fundraiser in Kenny Bunkport with Bob Sivell. Uh, Bob Sivell. Yeah, oh, Kittery. Yeah, I'm sorry. What I what did I say? Kittery. You said Kenny Bunkport. Okay. Oh, you know something? I have it. Cause you, oh yeah, cause Colony Hotels in Kenny Bunkport, and you're, yes, that's what it is. Tell and us. I'm in Kittery, and the that's... show's in Kittery for this Saturday night with Dave Radigan and Bob Seibel. And I thank you so much for having me on, Mark. And you have continued success with all, oh. all that you do. I always try. In your arena. Thank you, thank you, Tom, for Alrighty. joining us. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, Tom Clark. I'm the only one who could possibly clap. So, but Tom, thank yeah. you so much for dropping oh. by. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Take Be care. Well. Bye bye. And that was Tom Clark, otherwise known as TomTalks.com, uh, which he is actually in the, uh, he's on, he's in the internet. Because <laughs> you used to say he's in the phone book, but he's in the internet. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, so other than the Bruins, it's uh, it's been a really, really fun show. Um, nobody called, nobody emailed, which is good. That means I moved to the next thing, which is my self-promotion. Coming up this Saturday night, I am going to be in Manchester, New Hampshire, at Piccola Italian Italia Ristorante, or as I like to call, the Piccola Italian Restaurant, <laughs> where you can just thank you, clap clap. Um, which is uh, it's you can actually see that on my website if you want to come up there if you're in the area. And Monday the nineteenth, I'm actually flying out on the Sunday. Uh, flying to Minneapolis, Minnesota to do a corporate event, but I will be back. And big thing, big thing next week, guys, before I uh, before I roll out of here, as I start to roll the music, next week's show is going to be the last laugh anniversary show. Ten years of the anniversary of my first film. So you definitely want to tune in for that. Oh, yeah, by the way, it's my, uh, my third year anniversary as well, simultaneously. Guys, thanks for joining us. If you want to be a sponsor, email me. Radio Irregardless, we'll see you next week. This has been Radio Irregardless, hosted by Mark Scalia, your non-standard blend of irrespective listening and regardless enjoying. Radio Irregardless was written, directed, and produced by Mark Scalia and broadcast live from Salem, Massachusetts via Mixler.com. I'd like to thank my on-air guests, courtesy of Skype, and all the online listeners for their comments. The Radio Irregardless theme music, If Only I Had a Pen, was written and composed by Derek Dupuy. All material and content, property of MS Enterprises, and copyrighted 2014. Thank you for listening. And finally, anyone who uses the terms irregardless, a whole nother, or all of the sudden, shall be sent to a work camp.